Hey, this is Tim Brandon, founder of TrueFans.com. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, listen to Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Geonutsis. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Hey, listeners, welcome to today's episode. Great to have you with us again. And uh, here's a wonderful guest I have here today. His name's Tim Brannion. He helps brands and content creators turn their influence into more income. And uh, dad of two beautiful kids, husband of a one kick-ass wife and investor, built a multi-million dollar app software, um, um, software I should say, and servant leader, proud USAF combat veteran. He's a gamer and aggressively curious. Now he's the founder of True Fans. He's also the COO of Logic Square, and he's the president of Brandon Holdings. And so great to have Tim on the show here today. So Tim, welcome. Thank you so much, Dennis, for having me, and I'm uh, excited to get underway. Now, the listeners can't see you because we're not using the video with the listeners, but we're just doing the audio. And so um, the thing here is that you're sitting in an office somewhere. Whereabouts are you in the world today? So I'm located in the Midwest in Indiana. It's about 30 minutes north of Indianapolis, small town called Kokomo. And that's actually where I grew up. So uh, I I moved back home. Um, Long story short, I had a a, a military background. I was in the United States Air Force for a short stint. Did some contracting, lived overseas, been to a lot of different countries, and ultimately discovered that uh, I had a really good home before I left all that and decided to come back and be amongst family. Everybody lives within 30 minutes. So um, happily back here in the Midwest. It's great to be around family, and it? it's great to be, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Eh? Definitely with kids, having yeah. kids, and and having. Uh, it's true what they say. It takes a village, and we're so fortunate to have a village. If we need a day, or if we need to, you know, somebody. They, there's a lot of helpers here. It's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, and I and also see with that helping as well as it's it's a community, as you said, right? It's the the village, the community, and I think that's what we need a lot more of today in life. Um, and if I think about it, because you and I and the rest of the world have been in a funny two years around a pandemic, and we've been in and out of lockdowns, been away from everyone. I mean, I'm walking down the street the other day, Tim, and it's quite interesting how people sort of going, taking the, the, the wide stance from each other because they don't want to get near each other. It's like, hello, I've, I, I've got underarm deodorant on. I don't smell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. So where I live, you know, I actually traveled more than I, than I ever traveled in my life during the COVID season went to las vegas was out in california was all over the place and out here where i'm where i'm from uh not a lot 
not a lot really change as much. I'm not in a heavy populated city, but uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I love people and I didn't want to stop living in fear of not living. Yep. So that was always like, you know, there's about two weeks that I was just trying to figure out what in the world is going on. The whole world orchestrated together to shut down. It was strange and bizarre, but, but it didn't take me long really to go. Okay. This is my decision. And I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be with my family and I'm going to choose to live freely. Yep. Um, no, no ill will to anybody that shows different. That's just, you know, what I stuck my flag in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good so. on you. But I think there's a key word that you've said, the two key words that you decided. And, and the other one was the fear. There is a thing out right. there, fear. And I think a lot of it is driven as well. And, you know, and, you know, things, whether it be what it is and what it's done to people is interesting. But I see people really being scared of things. And I think a lot of that sometimes is done by the media, uh, mm. by hearsay, people just talking, whispering and gossiping. I don't know about you, but I had to turn the news off. I don't watch the news. I don't even look at social media um, stuff. It's just the news feeds on there. I don't want to know. I, you know why? Because yeah. I'm like you. I want to get on with life. We've got things to get on with, right? That, that and, you know, I, I was listening. It's just randomly. I was laying on my bed. I was, I was in a relaxed state of mind and... I heard an ad come on. I think my wife was listening to Spotify or something. And I just went down this rabbit hole. I was like, my gosh, we get hit with so many ads consciously and subconsciously. And I don't know the average, but I got to thinking like, if you're not really careful about how you guard your mind Mm. and the information that you put in, and if you're not looking at, at the nutritional value, if you will, of the content that you're consuming, that's a scary thought, at least for me, because I, I, for the first time I really realized, oh my God, I'm being advertised to, and I otherwise wouldn't have really like paid attention to mm. that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I use that terminology, like you know, looking at content as if it has a nutritional value, and is it serving my higher goals, mm. or is it taking away? Is it adding or subtracting from my overall character that I'm I'm investing in? Just a thought, and and. I go down these rabbit holes quite a bit. It's interesting having ADD. <laughs> yeah, look, I've got to say to our listeners as well who are listening here right now is that, yeah, I, I agree with Tim. You've got to be careful about what you're actually, you know, listening to. Because we always used mm. to say, and I started in computer programming years ago, Tim, and, and uh, many, many years ago in computer programming. And we always talked about garbage in and garbage out. And that right. was that if we're having data that's going in that's garbage, you're going to get garbage, garbage, garbage results. And if we're putting in code or software that is garbage, then we're going to get garbage output as well. So it's also the same thing for our mind and our attitudes and what's going in through the six inches I call between our ears, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so I work with really smart guys. I am not myself a coder. I know enough to make like infrastructure decisions and, and right. at least give my, my, my two cents in, the, in that. But I, uh, I'm fortunate to work with really smart guys. And typically I just draw, make suggestions, and then let the smart guys really get to work. I try to get out of their way and <laughs> let them carry the coding torch. But I, I really do feel like coders are some of the most unsung you know, heroes, if you will, that they, they don't really get a lot of recognition, it seems like in a lot of cases. So I always try to shout out my guys whenever I possibly can, because they truly are just exceptional human beings in uh, vastly different ways than I am. Um, so shout out to, to those guys, if they're yeah. listening. Awesome. That's good. <laughs> good work. Hey, um, true fans, let's, let's quickly talk a little bit about true fans. Who, what is true fans? 
Uh, so DrewFan started due to problems in the you know social media world. We we never really set out to have good ideas. It's more so we set out to see what sucks, what what problems are, what's going on that isn't. Where's the market at? Uh, what do people want and need? And and you know there's no different with this. We saw that uh, creators historically, content creators are, are uh, typically underpaid and undervalued on most large social media platforms. It's been that way a long time. Just now people are realizing, you know, how these platforms are making money through ads and such and, and selling and monetizing your data in traffic. So that and, and uh, you know, talking about the pandemic stuff, we li- we're living in a time right now where, where information is being uh, censored um, uh, on both sides, de- depending on the narrative or, or some somebody's decision. You know, they're taking people down and there's a lot of different rules. And, uh, it, you know, we uh, we saw all these problems and we thought, OK, we can build something that puts the creators in control and we can help them make a lot more money. We can give them their platform where they're not, uh, you know, demonetized. They're not limited in their reach. We can make it invite only. Uh, and we could, you know, be a home for folks that would love to have a membership site without the adult stigma. We don't allow porn on untrue fans. So, you know, that that ended up number one, we got a little lucky with the timing of that. It st- we literally launched like about a week <laughs> before the pandemic started. And uh, we, we were able to become a life preserver for a lot of folks that had to go off off or excuse me, online um, comedians, musicians, various artists and creatives of all, all sorts. We were able to help them with a digital platform so they could go live on it. They could do messaging. They could create a, a community, right, where they could start monetizing, getting paid to post. And um, we're at a place now, like fast forward, where we're, we're listening with the intent to engineer. I, I'd like to say that's one of my superpowers is to feel the pulse and know, you know, what users need and what they're saying. And I, I'm deeply invested in uh, you know, service-oriented tech. And uh, yeah, so so we've got some really cool features that have come out that have given us a competitive advantage. Like we're launching an NFT portion of our platform very soon, like next week, where creators can have their um, you know content essentially transfer transformed into an NFT and, and sell you know a finite amount through the platform. We've got uh, live events, we've got mass messaging, all these different cool things that we're we're pumped for, and we're glo- we're growing globally. So. You can probably hear me light up about the, the platform. I get really excited about it because it's been a, a lot of fun. You can tell your energy goes has gone up big time. And so, yeah. how many employees is True Fans? How big is the organization? So we have right at forty six developers. We may have forty seven now. I think we brought somebody on, um, and then I've got a partner. I've got two partners. Um, one of my the, the, our core team is out in Delhi, India. That's where I've been, mm-hmm. I've been working with these guys for about nine years now. And uh, two of us are here in central Indiana. So my partner lives up in Indianapolis. He moved from uh, the West Coast down here, and, and we're able to spend a lot more time and focus together, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yep. Oh, that's good. That sounds wonderful. Um, now, Tim, how did you get into leadership? Into leadership? Uh, I think I've been a leader my whole life. Mm. Um, I really, I, I genuinely believe that. I, I think that... Um, I, I think that at a young age, I was influencing, uh, maybe not always in the best directions, but, <laughs> but at a young age, I was, uh, I could get people together and I was working on plans, whether it was to hang out and play a game of football or if it was to, you know, sell candy at school or, um, it, you know, I was able to rally people around. And I, I think 
I've been trying to figure out how, um, how people have that uh, energy, if you want to call it that. I don't know the essence of leadership. And I, I know, I remember coaches that I just wanted to climb mountains for and just perform for and people in my life. There's few, it's been few and far between people that I just admire and respect and would do anything for. And I think, I think it's because I know they care. I think it's because I know that they deeply want to see me succeed. Um, and I, I am genuinely interested a lot of times in other people. Genuine. I, I love, maybe it's selfish, but I love to see the results of what somebody can do when they're activated or what teams can do when they're activated. So I, I really do invest in understanding what somebody's goals are. And then True Fans LLC, Brandon Holdings LLC, whatever the company vehicle is, becomes that vehicle to facilitate the thing that helps them get what they want. And um, I don't want to go down too much of a tangent, but I, I'm deeply invested in trying to figure out how what I have makes sense for the person that's working with me, mm. whether they're contractors or, or inner employees, so I can help, so we can create a mutual exchange. It's less about me, hey, be here at this time and we do this and I'm paying you this amount. It's like, no, no, no. I, I want to be the guy that people love to work for and with because we're going somewhere, whether that be there with me for a year or 20 years. It's like, you know, anyway. I think I think the word that you probably could sum up a lot of that is influence. You, it's, it's being able to influence people in a good way. But I think you, what you just said there, and listeners, I don't know if you captured it, but he said, um, Tim said here, see results when people are activated. And I think that's when you activate, ignite somebody, get them underway in their passion and the things that they love doing, and you enable that to happen. It's just a beautiful thing to see. I like to turn people's belief on. There's a lot of men that are that are that lost that little flame. It's it's just dim. I don't think it ever goes out completely, but the little flame of their belief in themselves or uh, you know what they can do um, tends to flicker. Maybe they've made some agreements with themselves, or somebody was mean, or something didn't work out, and they they need to be revitalized. If you spend any time around me, uh, I, I'm very likely going to pull you out of your own. I don't know if I can curse on here. Normally, I would say the SHI. <laughs> Pull you out of your own mess, put it that way. Yeah, and uh, give you permission to to win. Yeah. So, we, what we do is you take your people out of their own shit and move them forward to get on with shit to make things happen, right? So, yeah, I should ask. Can I curse on you? I'm a military. I'm a combat, but it's just in my nature. Well, I, I just <laughs> want, I want you to be real. I, I think that um, it's all good. So, like to turn people uh, people's belief on. I love it. I think that's really great. Now, Tim, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? My favorite leader um, that I've, I'm actually following him right now quite a bit. His name's Alex Hermosi. Mm. And uh, I'm on a personal mission to meet this guy. And I know it's going to happen. I, I already imagine it. But Alex is somebody who I believe gets people results. Alex has been to higher levels than me in business. I think he makes like $100 million a year in his acquis- he owns acquisition.com. Free shout out to Alex. There you go. There you go. Doing goodwill. Mm. Uh, I, I admire what he knows based on where he's been. I admire, I think I admire who he's friends with. And I imagine that getting around people that are at high levels uh, will expand what we're, what I'm able to do, what, you know, and, and part of what I consider is my responsibility, both, you know, as, as yeah, that's, that's what I think. But anyway, Alex Ramosi is somebody I really look up to. He is influencing how I look at a broad array of situations and 
and uh, problems, etc. So when you do get to meet him, and, I'm, and I'm, I know that will happen, uh, what's what's <laughs> one of the questions you want to ask him? Uh, I, that's a good that's a good question. I, firstly, I hope he's I hope my gut is correct because I have met people before and they're not who I initially or I, not who I anticipate he is. I think I'm right. My gut's telling me he's a really badass dude. Um, but one of the questions I'll ask is, uh, what's it cost to be mentored? You know, I, I already get a lot. He gives it all away for free. So I, I just want to be in proximity. I actually, I may not even ask a question. I want to hear what he says when he's talking to other people on a watch. This, I did the same thing in sports. If someone was better than me in sports, I would observe, I would listen, I would watch, and then I would compete because in the, in the event that I would do that, and I've never been like a jealous dude, if somebody was really good or somebody's hit high levels or has a nice car or whatever, better business human, I am, uh, I am more so inspired than fired up and angry or mm-hmm. you know, yep. pissed off. A lot of guys struggle from that. I don't have an ego in that sense at all. I'm, I'm trying to get around people that are bigger than me. Yeah, cool. Cool. And I think the actual question probably could be, how much, co- how much is it going to cost me for not to be mentored by him? Um, so it's, it's a really good way to look at it. I think, you know, so mm-hmm. for our listeners, Alex Hormozzi is a great guy. He's built gyms. He's helped a lot of people build gyms. He's done a lot around online marketing and that. He's got a great book out there called $100 million Offer. Yeah, and, you know, um, cool. I know him because I've been, I've just, I read his book recently, but it's really, really awesome. And mm-hmm. um, I, I would highly recommend that uh, for you to look at that. So, uh, really good. So hmm, thank you for sharing that, Tim. It's really good. That's cool that you know him too. No, it's just been impressive. I'm literally watching this guy grow his social medias too. Hmm. And I'm not trying, I'm, you know, I'm growing my personal brand. I think everybody is to some extent. And I'm, I'm watching what he's doing and his systems and his processes and what his content looks like and how he's distributing his message. And, uh, you know, it's cool. It's cool that you know him too. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing too would be for people, I mean, like <laughs> giving some people that book is a gift to them. And they say things to me and I go like, read the book, just read the book. And it's right. just like for a lot of us, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Charlie Tremendous Jones. Um, he's a kind of guy, he's, 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 he's passed away, but Charlie always to talk about everything was tremendous. How's that? It was tremendous. And they're like, he says, where you are today to where you need to be in the future to be successful comes down to the people you meet and the books you read. Mm. And, um, and, you know, well, we can listen to a book nowadays and things like that. But they are really important things for us to do. Tim, the show is called Leadership is Changing. When you hear that title of the show or that statement, what does that mean for you? Um, so it kind of goes back to what I was saying, being, being an empathetic leader and actually giving a shit about my people's opinions and what's going on in yes. their life. Like not only at work, but who their family is, what's going on. It's within my best interest to actually give a shit. And I think that's new, you know, no, no offense to, to anybody that's in a typical corporate. I've worked in the military and there's some of this, maybe not as much. I, I've never worked in a professional like civilian environment where there's, you know, like a Fortune 500 company and there's all this hierarchy and there's all these. I, I don't know how to play politics at all, but I know that there's definitely games that, that people like the like me games and uh, things of that nature. And I, I I think that that's even changing. I think that you are in the future as we continue to grow, you're going to be paid in direct proportion to your ability to solve problems. And I think like even further than than what that is now, but I think also your performance is going to play a big part in your earnings as the the future continues and your ability to lead yourself and create skills that pay the bills and and skills that uh, are, are, 
transferable to a company or, or product service, et cetera. Yeah. Like leading yeah, <laughs> there are a couple of things you, you individuals like that are employees are going to have to lead themselves uh, even, even more so in the future. And then companies that are in charge of a lot of people are going to have to figure out ways to replicate their soul, their spirit, their, their care throughout their large organization. I don't run a huge organization. So my spirit's still nice and, you know, around my guys. But as we grow, there's, you know, and some people maybe listening to this have hundreds or thousands of employees. Um, I think, you know, that's duplicating true leaders throughout your organization. You know, that's a whole nother challenge question. How do you do that? Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you do that through other people by a first showing them how to do it and being it and living the words of what you're actually expecting others to do too. Cause there's no point in trying to get others to do something. If you're not willing to do it yourself, sure. you, can't, you can't do that. And people are going to see through that for sure. You know how you mentioned early on, it's about life is getting really fast. We're talking about data. We're talking about science. We're talking about technology, business, mm-hmm. um, social, the whole thing. Everything is getting faster and faster every year. And um, it's actually really quite interesting to see it. So, with the fast-paced, ever-changing world, what makes what's what's your thoughts about what makes people or a leader successful in that world today? People and leaders successful today. Mm. Um, I think people that are invested in themselves are going to be able to serve others well, others and in, in, in internal their organization well. Like if you're not investing in yourself, your information, like you already talked about you know, reading, well, reading is giving your brain more information. It's new ideas. You're creating new neural networks. You've got, you've got information that you can now share with other people and, and get through your own obstacles with, whether they're right there in the moment or maybe a week or two years down the road, et cetera. Um, so I think investing in, in information uh, is huge. But then even outside of that, even investing in your health can make you a better leader. Like a lot of people, you know, just recently, I'll be brutally honest, last year I got fat. I put on like 15 or, or 18 pounds because I was making money. I was, you know, lacking discipline in that pillar of my life. So I was taking right-hand turns into, you know, Taco Bell or, or whatever fast food restaurant, eating conveniently and not discipline. Um, so even that, like, okay, now, now fast forward, I, I recognized that and uh, I didn't blame anybody. I took action. I laughed at the picture of myself and was like, oh my gosh, you know, I look like shit. I need to do something. Um, so I started investing in my health and even that has made me a better dad at this point. Like I've lost that, that weight and put on a little muscle. I feel better when you feel good, you perform good, simple concept, right? So, uh, you know, I think those two things, investing in, in your overall person, like actually, you know, disciplining yourself to make the choices to, uh, you know, refine who you are Mm. and all the pillars, is only is going to make you a better leader, especially in the, this fast new world. It's easy to get caught up and distracted. We talked about that with ads. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, yeah. There you go, and listeners, invest in yourself. We're not just talking about reading books and things like that. It could be development, personal development, but also from health, exercise, and Tim. When I say in the actual opening of the show, is that this podcast is about um, executive excellence, but also personal well being. And what we find is people go running from email to email, meeting to meeting, and many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of being left behind. Um, and a lot of them are actually worried about that. And so I think if when you feel good, you perform good or well. 
I could say something to that too. I mean, I, I was addicted to caffeine. I think a lot of people are, I was reading, I, I watched an article about caffeine and you know, I was, I was drinking a lot of caffeine per day with energy drinks, pre-workout, a lot of coffee was like living on it until I realized what caffeine actually did in my body. I didn't, I never researched it. It was just this thing that I enjoyed having in my hand and enjoyed consuming because it gave me this temporary, you know, kind of buzz. And I, I, I would, drink coffee to execute something, right? I would drink coffee to do this task. But in reality, once you really find out that caffeine is just inhibiting your ability to feel tired, it's not actually giving you, you know, energy. Um, you, know, you might switch that up and, and it's your life. Anybody that's listening to this, but I, I switched over to stuff called mud water and uh, I've put down a lot of caffeine and I feel a lot better. I'm not as lethargic when I'm waking up. You know, I just, I decided to, to change it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've improved my diet, but additionally, I've, I've consumed a lot less caffeine and I started consuming, you know, I, I wanted, I almost was like addicted to it. You know, I just liked having the warm cup mm. and the sensation and having it in my hand. It was like a routine that I had, you know, really got in. Um, but ultimately if you're, if your end goal is to have energy and feel good, you should really look into supplementation, whether it's nootropics, Joe Rogan has a, has a kick-ass product called alpha brain that I like. Um, there's adaptogens and mushrooms. I, I drink mushroom coffee. That's what mud water is. And it doesn't taste great. I'm being honest. You got to add honey and things to it, but the effects are what, you know, you want. And, you know, I'm not an advocate for like microdosing or anything like that, but I know some people take it to that extreme. Yeah. Um, that's maybe a whole nother topic, but Anything that gives you an edge is what you're saying there, right? So it's anything that gives you an edge, health, yeah, healthy. healthy edge, something's going to really help you. Because I think a lot of people are physically and mentally and emotionally tired at the moment, Tim. And I think that if people are actually taking things like that to look after themselves, look after their body, once again, garbage in, garbage out. You know, we, we think about that. It's really important that we actually think about what we do. And so for a leader to be successful today, what Tim's saying is invest in yourself, look after yourself. That means exercise, eating well as well and look at all those different things. Now, Tim, you and I have been talking about it from a leader's perspective, through a leader's lens. If we were to flip that now and talk about mm -hmm. it from an employee's perspective, an employee's lens, hopefully the employees are not in the office at the moment. You can talk freely. But we're going to ask you the question here, which is, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Well, let's talk about, so like my age demographic, I'm a millennial, and I am we're at a really unique place right now. We're like, we're the middlemen between the young generation and the old generation that's still, you know, is leading companies and such. And there's such a disconnect between the old guys and the real young guys. And there's, in my opinion, there's a wonderful dovetail groove or synergistic collaboration opportunity if, if that is bridged. And to answer your question, young people I don't think, I definitely don't think they're worthless whatsoever. A lot of people get mad, you know, they, they're grumpy. They think that Gen Z, that or they're worthless. That is, that's bullshit. They are exceptionally intelligent. They're, they're more informed than any other human being has ever been informed. And which is partly probably why they're, they're like, you know, upset and, and bleh, you know, they, they, they see the world around and they've, they've watched their parents, you know, work and their grandparents work and, they've identified that they don't want to live life like that. They don't want to, they want to carve out a good life in a lot of cases and a good life to them is freedom and fun. And um, I think what's important to them and I'm generalizing. So keep this in mind. What's important to them is giving them a high level task and allowing them the permission to make mistakes or make 
make, uh, make, you know, make progress. Um, a lot of, you know, and I get this, we have a lot of tight reins over our business operation. What works works and we do it this way. There's no other way to do it, but that is a crippling innovation. Like that mindset is crippling potential growth and, and, and crippling innovation is crippling uh, education as well. If you're not trying something different or throwing mud at the wall, uh, then you're, you know, you're existing, which if you're just existing, you're dying. And, and so, you know, I, I have had a lot of success working with younger people. Um, again, and I'm this, I'm a hybrid. I'm like this, gen, this millennial that's, I understand the classic grits. Dennis, you were talking to me, you've done all these episodes, hundreds of episodes. Most people don't have the grit to do that. It's uncomfortable. You maybe didn't feel good. You know, some of those days you had to get, you had to throw on your leadership shirt. You had to plug in your equipment and follow up with somebody that didn't make the appointment. There's all these nuances that are annoying. And that's what I would urge the young generation to get tough on is get some grit um, because they're used to the, (laughs) a lot of instant gratification. But if you can help them develop the grit while simultaneously allowing them to transform some of these outdated processes, systems, uh, mechanisms that might be in place inside your organization, they will they will blow your mind when it comes, especially to the tech stuff um, and innovating systems. And yeah, that's my thought on the topic. No, I, th- I think it's wonderful. Thank you. I, I think it's really good that what you're sharing there. Um, and I know that they are hungry to learn as well. I mean, they're wanting to know more and do more. Um, and it's just about giving that environment for them to succeed. But at the same time, knowing that you have a business to run, you have to have quality, you need to make sure that you're getting it over the line too. Um, so taking that all into consideration too. But yeah, I love it. I love what you said. Very good. Now, I want you to get your crystal ball out here. I'm going to give you the last question, which is where do you see leadership being in five years? Uh, I see leadership I see leadership being even more important, um, you know, in, in regards to politics, in regards to, uh, you know, communities, schools, churches, various organizations. Like we need true, true leaders, people that don't have special interests, people that aren't just getting paid, people that aren't just playing a part, a character, um, people that are deeply invested in solutions that profit uh, on, on all pillars of that word to their people that they serve. Leadership is service. In my opinion, I'm a Christian dude. The, the, the best leader in the world was Christ because he served. He served people that nobody even wanted to talk to. He was having lunch and dinner with these folks. He was invested uh, in their outcomes and he believed in them and he gave them permission to, to build and prosper. So, you know, I think that leadership is becoming extremely important and it's only going to become more important uh, out of necessity. All these things that have happened in the world, I have my own opinions on it and I, I'm not going to get political, but I am 100% for freedom in, in every, every sense of that word, expression, commerce, travel, worship, all that good stuff. Um, and if we are going to, so, so talking about the future, um, and, and specifically what's happened recently across the planet, I, I hope that throughout all this chaos, it's urged the real leaders to stand up and get involved and do something with who they are, with what they have right where they're at. It's necessary. Especially, I've got young kids. 
So I think about that and I, I am doing everything I can with what I have right where I'm at. I'm not just speaking that like we're, we're involved and uh, I have every intention on being involved and in, in being around some decisions. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's going to become exceptionally uh, more valuable in the future. Very good. Tim, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where should they go? Uh, so they could Google Tim Branyan, B-R-A-N-Y-A-N. Uh, that's my LinkedIn. Um, I've got some news articles out there. My, my website is timbranyan.com. That should be done within the next 24 hours. So uh, hopefully by the time this airs. <laughs> yep, but, but that's how you find me. Just look up my name. Awesome, Tim. Been a pleasure talking to you. So thank you. Same, Dennis. Thanks so much, sir. No problem at all. There you go, listeners. Best leaders are those who are invested and serve. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.